For me, it's about love. And to me, love is lifting and uplifting others to live vivacious, victorious, and extraordinary lives. And how do we have real conversations that let people know, like, I am you, I feel you, I see you, I go through the same things you go through. And yet, I can choose something better for myself. And so can you. Welcome to Unstoppable, the podcast for anyone who believes that their past and current circumstances do not define their future potential. I'm Karina Burton, your host and co-founder of CPR Construction Cleaning. This show is a series of co-founding conversations that share stories and experiences of unstoppable people. Those who are willing to change, discover what it means to be aligned, and who are also willing to face tough challenges that stand between them and their dreams. As a coach and marketing expert, I live my life believing that I am unstoppable. Now I want you to know that you are unstoppable too. Welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. Today's guest is Natalie Alicia Goldberg, who is the founder of Gold Legal LLC, a law firm which focuses on trust and estates. An award-winning attorney, rising star, super lawyer, five-time best-selling author, and a nationwide speaker about families, the transition of wealth and money issues, Natalie prides herself on being a fearless cheerleader for her clients' successes. Natalie is an influential industry leader thriving on and off the camera. She has appeared on television networks and shows including CNBC, Fox News, CBS, HLN, BBC, and Good Morning America, as well as being featured in articles in CNN World, Parents Magazine, The New York Post, Star Magazine, and Cosmopolitan, to name just a few. Her greatest success, her family, of course. She works as at the intersection of your life, love, legacy, and the law. A lawyer you'll like. Imagine that. Oh, I love that intro. I love that because it's true. You know, you think of attorneys or lawyers, anything in legality, you're just like a little bit cringy. And here we have this superstar. Thank you so much, Natalie, for joining us. Karina, thank you so much. And truly, you know, it's so funny when people say all these terrible things about lawyers and you're just like, where did you get this from? And then, oh my God, you become a client of a lawyer and you get the bill and oh, and I just think it's about when we're protecting our families. People want to know that we're on the same side of the table as them and that we have their best interests at heart. It's really that simple, right? And no matter what business you do. It's, I mean, I love that you say it's really that simple, which is, it is very true. But for some reason, people get so tied up in the idea of the dollar. And I think a lot of, you know, a lot of my guests on the show talk about how it's not the dollar that motivates them, right? It does help the wheel turn. And it is the having money is not a negative thing. It's a great thing. It provides so many wonderful opportunities. And not only for yourself, but for your community, for your family, for your legacy. But a lot of times, most people who end up being very successful, the thing that motivates them is the purpose behind it, right? And there's not enough people like that in, in certain industries or even I think in the world in general, but 
Um, and I think it's Karina because you know, ten years ago when I didn't have money, money motivated me because you need it to be able to quote unquote be successful, to do anything in the world, to mm-hmm. buy a beautiful house, the things that the world has told us we need, right? And then you get those things, and you're like, great, gorgeous house. But am I happy? What do I Ooh. do? Okay. Yes. Yes. And okay. That's what amazing. Now, right. What now? Mm-hmm. So I'm totally going to dissect, dissect into that because I actually really want to talk about that topic. But before we do, I want to know what has created you into this unstoppable person. I know it's usually a number of things, there can always be that one instant that really pushes us into that unstoppable pattern. What would that for be for you, Natalie? It's really easy for me to pinpoint. At 15 years old, I was drag- I was walking across the street and two guys were drag racing their cars from light to light. One hit me at literally 60 miles an hour. So the story goes, right? I mean, I, I don't remember it, but... <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm awake in a hospital bed and my mom is crying over me. She tells me my dad is there crying too. Um, And I survived. And the doctors kind of thought it was a miracle because to get hit as a pedestrian at that speed Mm -hmm. and survive. And I have four pieces of metal to this day as a remembrance of that through the entire left side of my body, which no one would ever be able to know. And I'm the queen of the dance floor, so it has... But what it did for me is made me understand that just because a doctor says you're going to have to take off of 10th grade and Mm -hmm. sit home, I was not willing to accept that. No, I'm not. Two weeks later, I'm in a wheelchair in the beginning of 10th grade. Like, okay, they tell you college is going to be four years. No, it doesn't have to be. I'm going to do it in two. Law school is expensive. No, it's not. I got a full scholarship. And I'm from an immigrant family who literally had to figure it out on my own. I don't, I didn't have anyone writing the checks for me and doing the shit for me. Excuse my French. You have to figure it out. And here's the thing. We've become such sheeple in this world and everyone is the herd mentality. And what is everyone else doing? And the fact is that 80% of people are born broke and die broke. So if you're doing what everyone else is doing, you're losing. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. It's true. You know, we think that we need to follow um, what's trending, I guess, or what's been going on, you know, kind of goes back to that whole generational mindset that we have like carried on our backs for so long in life and in business. And, you know, sometimes it's good to change. It's good to have a different mindset and embrace like both um, both ideals and practices and find what's really going to work best for you so that you ultimately are the happiest you've ever been in your entire life. So how long did it take you to heal from that then, right? You said you had doctors telling you, no way, it's going to take you forever. And you're like, heck no. They this told me it's going to be a year to walk. And within a month and a half, I was dancing choreographing on stage. Wow. That's amazing. And what, what developed your mindset? Cause that's really impressive for being so young and being so strong in your mind. I believe that I understood the secret of the universe, which is 
we are here to live and we are here to embrace every single moment, which is a blessing. When we say it, it's become tongue and cheek. Oh, every day is a blessing, says says the woman crying into her, you know, into her coffee cup or, oh, thank goodness, and complaining the next second, right? We all get in the, into this trap. It's the trap of being human, which is mm-hmm. our experience here. This is what we're here to do. But I then realized, oh my God, like, there is no second chance. This is the second chance, right? Like this is. Mm-hmm. So I better make the most of it. And I better understand that you've got to do something with this gift you've been given. I had yeah. a remind remembrance of it at 15. But every single one of us being born as a baby, what a gift. And we treat it like it's nothing. We treat it like it's, uh, for taken for granted thing mm-hmm. it's everything it is everything who do you surround yourself with who are the people who are part of your family and those people are typically the ones there to teach you the biggest lessons and what do you do with this gift you know it's interesting because i feel like i've heard your story on very sad stories where kids have experienced some kind of physical trauma, right? They were in a car accident. There was some something that happened to them that enabled them and maybe crippled them for a bit. And it derailed their entire life. Instead, they became addicted to drugs, painkillers to be able to, to survive that. And you totally went the opposite direction. You're like, no. I'm going to thrive. I'm not going to let this situation or this circumstance define my future. I'm going to, I'm going to defy the odds and, you know, persevere, which like, I I honestly think that, you know, more often than not, um, we, we do hear of those tragedy stories that something like that tragic happens to someone young and, instead of empowering them to give them that second chance, they just fall into this, you know, place of feeling of lack and loss or that they don't deserve what they've had intended to seek out for. You know, in your family, did you guys have, you know, this kind of mindset or is this just something that you have, you said you've always had? I feel like I was born an adult in a child's body. I don't remember being a child. I don't remember like to liking to do children's things. It was reading. It was, you know, really even in high school, I was talking to the teachers. They were more because I wanted to learn and be inspired constantly. You know, my family, they're really hardworking people, but they had to work hard to make the bills happen. And I, I really, I was very set on how to make money, how to get out of mm-hmm. um, Queens, how to do better, how to, and, and thank God, now you realize like, you know, it really was great there because there I had the love and the support and the confidence building because I'll tell you, Karina, you're, I, I believe I've seen pictures of your four daughters. Mm-hmm beautiful daughters. I'm one of four. I'm the oldest of four girls. 
and I have two daughters of my own. And I truly believe all these people are so worried about get the kids to the right school and when are they doing and ba 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 ba. And I will tell you, none of that matters because most of those kids are taking like heaven forbid, you know, like drugs to get through the day because they weren't given the confidence in who they are. And it's, I think the greatest gift, and of course, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong. If you need help, you need to get help. But I think the greatest gift we can give to the next generation is confidence. Mm-hmm. Who they yeah. are. And one daughter, your oldest, might be very different than your youngest. <laughs> and different things might get to them, but that is their unique, beautiful path. Yes, that is the truth. Oh my goodness. You know, you just every child is totally different from each other and how you parent one is not how you parent the other one. So when you, you know, graduated high school, you said that you had in your mind, I already know what I'm going to do to get out of essentially maybe the lifestyle, right? You wanted more and you wanted the, the, life of luxury, right? Like I feel like as, as a kid too, I always was like, I want to be famous. <laughs> I had that, you know, idea. And cause I grew up. Wait, uh, what do you mean? We are, have you seen our LinkedIn darling? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I wanted to be on the Disney channel. I'm sure I always thought about that, but um, you know, what did you do? Were you just like on it with your plans to move forward, to become an attorney? Is that what you knew from right right out of the gate or was it an evolutionary thing? I feel like I wanted to fight for justice because I had not been given that justice through the court system. Um, The guy had a $25,000 insurance policy. That's all that was there. He had no assets. And it's funny. Now I work with families and assets and, you know, here's the real crux. I think that dawned on me at 15 is that, there's more lawyers, there's less justice. There are more courts, as we have seen. We don't always agree with what happens at the court level. And when you go to court, it's an all or nothing endeavor. And I think I'm really so funny. I'm saying this and realizing it. It's like I became this lawyer in this paradigm of like, you can be a lawyer, doctor, you And I'm like, oh my God, how do we get more people out of the court systems? How do we make it so they don't need more lawyers? How do we protect them in their families, right? In their lives so that a court is not the end game. Because once you get to that court, you are held up for five or six years in procedural stuff. But the point is like, as lawyers, we're not trained like, Think about what your client is going through. They're going through a divorce. They're going through a death. They're going through something, God forbid, mm-hmm. criminal or whatever that happened. Do you know how stressful that is? That ha- it eats their soul. This is never said in law school. It's like, what was the procedural nonsense that God is here? Yeah. It's very analytical rather than humanizing, right? You have to separate yourself. And that kind of falls back into the whole ideal of this generational teachings within business and how we practice it. It's not humanizing, right? And I feel like more and more we talk about how we should humanize business and that 
life should be linear with your business life. You shouldn't be miserable in your life, but happy in your business life because you're successful. Like you need to be happy in both, right? To be a really happy, genuine person. You can't be miserable in your business life and be happy in your personal life because you'll still be miserable. It's like, it doesn't equate. So I love that you bring this up because, you know, I, I also hear that that's an issue um, within the medical practice as well. It's mm-hmm. very doctrine. It's very analytical, you know, black, white, and, you know, the emotion in there. And that's where it's kind of makes it really difficult to find someone who genuinely cares about what you have going on. And so, you know, you bringing that up within, you know, your practice and in your industry, um, I'm sure a lot of people will be able to relate. You know, it's funny because the doctors and the lawyers are the good girls and good boys. We excelled at school. We did what was supposed to be done with a quote unquote gift at the end of success, which we equaled and equalized in our mind to mean happiness. And then you realize that when you're a lawyer or doctor, you're a plumber fixing shit problems for the end business owner. You are. And whether it be litigation problem or physical problem. Mm -hmm. And you're literally like the plumber fixing the problem. And then at 25 years old, you've been told your whole life that you're so freaking great. And they're like, you're done. You're a lawyer. Congratulations. (laughs) And you're like, what now? Okay. I learned how to do these forms. I learned how to play this game. It took me about three days. No more learning. I'm done. But what do you mean? I'm great at learning. This is how I've excelled and given myself confidence my whole life. It's, it's, I'm a great learner. Mm -hmm. So is that what you did? Like when you were in school, you're like, I'm going to school, I get my BA and then you go to the next phase and then you went to the next phase and then you finished and you were like, you were like, okay, now what? That's how you felt. (laughs) Wait till I was 25. I was like, I'm better than everyone else. I'm going to do it at 23 and do college in two years. And I did all that. What's the rush? What is the, what are we rushing towards? Why is everyone in a rush? What's the rush? Yes. I think, okay. So you have made several comments about something that I have been thinking about quite often. So I'm just going to like, I, very um, intrigued to have this discussion. So you had said um, that, you know, once you, once you achieved all of your, you know, your goals and you started making this money and you're like, the reality is, is that I feel not satisfied, right? You still feel this dissatisfaction. And, and it just kind of goes back to that whole, you know, if you're not nurturing this, you know, individuality of this person, right? Like our business and entrepreneurialism or being the best at what you do, working for a company, it still defines you, right? And in this, well, it doesn't define you. It's, it's one of the things you do. So it's kind of like, like, this is who I am. But the reality is, 
what actually defines you as a person? And you're just like, I don't even know. I don't know what defines me because all the accolades, right? The awards, the, um, you know, your, your college degrees, your, you know, achievements going up the ladder, that's what defines you. And then you realize like, I feel like almost like this empty shell because I haven't, I don't even know who I am. And I think it's interesting because I was the opposite. I was a single mom. I, that's all my identity was. So I kind of had to like swing this pendulum, but I swung it too far. And then all I kept wanting to do was like put in this bucket of all these accolades because that's what was defining me. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, I started to realize, no, that is not what defines me at all. And that's not what ultimately makes me happy. You know, when did you have this epiphany of this realization of feeling like you have to be happy in both worlds, but the thing that defines you is your characteristics and who you are as an individual? I think it was really at motherhood because I so badly wanted to be married and have children and and thank God I have two of the most precious gifts that the universe has ever given me in my, in my kids. But I had to find myself as a successful career woman. And finding that balance, which by the way, my oldest one is almost four, my little one is two and a half. I literally feel like I'm just waking up from a five-year haze. And I do not think men can appreciate what motherhood does to a woman. Like for fathers, it's different. You know, like their careers get better. Great, now you're a family man. So you must be more reliable and great. And we want to make you rise up because you have things you're responsible for. So you're going to stick with us. A woman? Oh, well, how dare you want to, you know, work on your schedule and figure things out. And Oh, you know, it's based on the hours. And And it's made me realize how many people are probably so severely depressed because they've done the thing society has told them to do. And then they also wanted to be parents. And now as a result of that choice, it's like they're 50% one foot and the other. And they're used to giving 120% everything they do, which is why they're successful, successful, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Um, this is the epidemic, you know, this pandemic, the, the pandemic is about these choices that we make and how our society is not built at all to have women thrive. And to me, this is like what I stand for and who I wish to be is a woman who breaks down these goddamn barriers because they're not allowed anymore. It's done. We need to start having real conversations. Not like, how are you? Like, oh, um, you know, here's what you should do with your kid and telling you what to do. No. How can you help me in this moment right now? What I need is some TLC. I need some love. Because guess what? When one life is born, another does not die. And I am ready to rip the band-aid off and start having this conversation in America, which is all about how much do you produce and how much do you work 
and it is hurting the woman who's very successful. And many women, they're in law school. That They tell me, Natalie, how did you decide to have kids? Because many of the top performers in law school are saying they're not going to have them because mm-hmm. they don't want it to interrupt their career. Holy shit! What we've been brainwashed to such a degree that we think career is the only thing that matters. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. WTF do you need this money for if it's not to provide a legacy? Because really what you need to survive and be able to travel wherever you want is actually a small number. It's, you know, the other things that we save for, we provide for that actually cost the money. But like we are so screwed up as a society that we don't even think for ourselves anymore. Like, why am I doing this? Why will this make me happier? And no one can answer that question. You know, I have, I've swung on both pendulums, right? Like I was a stay at home mom for 10 years didn't have my college education. I didn't have really any work experience other than when I was in high school. I had three daughters. I dedicated my life to them. And then when I chose to, I just had this, I was turning into a a parent that I didn't want to be. And I, I dedicated my life to them. And it was like, well, how can I say that I'm being the best mom when I'm not even being my best self because I'm hiding behind easy. I'm hiding behind comfort. I'm hiding behind what I am afraid of. And it was really changing my entire life. It's not just stepping out of not having any money. It's not just stepping out and being like, well, what can I get a job? It's literally losing your identity, almost your, yes, your identity, your, in your entire family who doesn't agree with what you're doing because they don't understand. But, you know, and, and then my pendulum swung to this other side where that's all I did was, was like, I have a goal. I've got to, um, I've got to provide for my children and I want to do the best. And I want to make sure that I'm giving them an equal amount of opportunity as a man would, right? I want them to, to have just as much opportunities. And so I had to work 10 times faster, you know, oh, yeah. at 30 years old with three kids and try to like play catch up. But then that's where, you know, a couple of years ago, I was like, the anxiety of not being able to keep up with people who, have been doing this for years and years and years or don't have children. And um, that's when I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this at my pace and I'm going to be happy. And when I need a timeout, I damn well am going to take a timeout. And I don't care if it sets me back because ultimately I'm going to be happy. And I know that um, I'm going to look back at my life and say that I lived a happy life and I had my children. And every day, when I have my opportunities and I will not shy away from what scares me, I know that I've done my best, right? But it is a hundred percent true where you're saying we live in a society today where we have these very ambitious careers, like being an attorney, like being a doctor, these things where you dedicate your entire life to, and you have to make a choice. So this is where I think is really fascinating, interesting is because you know, I was in a, in a marriage before where it was like, the woman does this, the man does this. 
And in my marriage today, I was a single mom for about six years and remarried um, uh, six years ago. And um, my my marriage today is very much this companionship, right? Like I am not, I don't consider myself a feminist because I do love the masculinity of, you know, but I don't believe in necessarily gender identified roles. So there are things that my husband does for the family that would have been considered, you know, as the feminine role, right? Like picking up the kids from school while I'm doing, you know, work at, you know, work in the business or, whatever it has to do with, you know, growth in my career. And, you know, he cooks dinners and things like that. And for me, it's about balance between, yes, it's a partnership. And so when you mention that, like if a woman at all says, um, you know, I don't think I want to have a child because it will delay me in my advancements. Well, you have to have a child with someone. So if that's your your, your longtime partner, or that's your spouse or whatever, you still have to have a child with someone. And that person should have equal responsibility on knowing how to stay home with the child, take care of the child. This ideal that it should be one way or the other is mind boggling to me because every woman has the right to continue to achieve their dreams, their aspirations and goals. And so do men, right? Like they des- they deserve that. But if you come together and say, let's be a family, well, you guys get to both drive that together. And if a woman says, look, I'm done. I want to be a stay-at-home mom. Great. That's wonderful. But it needs to be that person's choice. It should not fall on what we think is the right way because generations and generations of time, it's always been the woman's role to stay home with the child. And you know, Karina, today what I'm seeing is a lot of single women who are choosing not to get married or haven't met the right person. They're having children on their own through IVF or adoption. And it's a woman's world. And here's the the clincher on this. I talk about wealth all day long, right? Protecting it legacy. This is what I do. I literally take someone and in five seconds, like I get them naked. Who do you love and how much do you have? (laughs) That's what I do for a living. Um, but I will tell you the greatest shift of wealth is happening as we speak. It will continue to happen for the next two or three decades because of the boomer generation and hands are going to more and money is going to more and more hands of women We're either married or single. And the choices we make now as women must be from a position of strength, a position of information. And I will tell you that people would rather talk about sex than talk about money. And I will tell you that if money talk is dirty talk, talk dirty to me. Because I'd rather we have the conversation so that we don't squander this wealth because wealth is power. With the money, we can impact change. Let's be real. The men have showed us this game very clearly. It's time for us to wake up and realize it. And there's no need to recreate the rules. We want a fun change. We want a better world. Let's freaking write the checks, ladies, to make that happen. 
and the money is coming through inheritance, through divorce, through working for it. I mean, whichever way, it doesn't matter. If you become a steward of that, though, and that energy, it is our obligation to do the best we can with it. And we have to understand first how it works. So when you finish school at 25. 23, sorry. 23, yes, you're right. Oh, gosh, you finish school, including your getting your. um... Yep. Oh, my gosh. I'm like wrapping my head around that. I'm like, that's crazy. I know some 23-year-olds who just don't even know where they're at at life and still live at home. Here you are having your law degree and <laughs> it's been a decade I can't okay that. so you did that what would, your next step was to go into a law firm and I learned everything and at 24 I started my own law firm Park Avenue walking up and down Park Avenue in Manhattan literally there was like a thousand lawyers probably on the floor that I'm working on differentiating myself networking Natalie I mean it was from 5 a.m I'm up I'm back home at 10 p.m. I'm just saving my money, making, trying to make as many connections as I can. Literally, works. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I ended up knowing a lot of the people who are actively networking in Manhattan and who have their own businesses and blah blah blah. And I built my business like that, Karina. I just, um, yeah, you hit the ground, the ground running. Um, I was a clapper. I was just watching. <laughs> I heard on this morning in anticipation of our podcast and on the TV is the devil wears Prada and Emily, the assistant to the Anne Hathaway character says something and Anne Hathaway says something about clackers. What's a clacker? The women with heels walking around. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> clacking around Manhattan <laughs> and heels and freaking making it happen, you know? And did you have, you have a niche market that you are just dominating in? Like share, share a little bit about that and why you chose to, to specialize in this. I genuinely care about helping people. And like, to me, I was like, I'm going to be the trial attorney and I'm going to kick ass and like, you know, Johnny Depp type things. And then I realized, oh my God, everything settles. 99% of cases settle. The court is like, if that's my stage, I'm pathetic because there's literally like the people who are involved in the case, they're all miserable. No matter if you win or lose, you lose because the amount of money you spend in legal fees and blah, 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 and stress and anxiety to get there, you lose. And this is my stage? That's too small. My stage is going to be the world. How can I help the majority of people? Well, everyone cares about their kids, their legacy, their money. I mean, what else, right? Their health. Let's leave that to a different practitioner. The health is not, but but really, your money, your stress, it, that all leads to your health. Mm-hmm. Because if you're in a in a state battle over mom's inheritance, you're not healthy because the amount of stress you're taking on from this thing is not good for you for anybody. So I'm like, okay, let's help people plan. And now, Karina, I'm starting to shift because I'm saying, you know what, the impact is not big enough one to one. Because yes, I can help Karina and her family. But that's one family. How do I help all the families? And really now I'm thinking, okay, thank God I built a very nice business, having a small law firm and doing my thing. What's next? That's not enough anymore. What's next? How can I spread this 
to everyone? How can I make it that people know that they have an advocate on their side? And that's the next generation, you know, of this firm. It's really the passion I have for the world of how do I, first of all, give women an opportunity to work in the firm and not have to work 80-hour weeks? They can work 10 hours if they want. They can work 50 hours if they want. They get to set their life according to their life. So, in, like, bringing in the lawyers that actually have an opportunity to be a lawyer, use their brain and their fabulous degrees, and be a mom if they so choose. And men mm-hmm. and women, right? How do we then also encourage people to have this dirty talk, money talk, which fuck the dirty talk, excuse me. It's all about the money talk, right? And really, all we ever talk about is money. Where do you live? Where do you go? What school do you kids go to? It's all about how much money do I have? How much money do I have? How much money do you have? But no one ever can say that. Well, let's just be more direct, you know? And let's really talk about money in a way that's actually encouraging, inspiring, and uplifting as opposed to demonizing and whatever. And then how mm-hmm. do we actually have families who don't, get crumpled up at the cornerstone because mom or dad died and because the five-year-old self was hurt now they're 85 or 75 and they're dealing with that hurt and taking it against their sibling or whatever so much hurt so many terrible things in families just because of we're afraid to have tough conversations i'm not afraid let's go (laughs) so speaking of that not being afraid you know along your journey of, you know, being a young 23 year old, starting a practice at 24 and now being a mother and still being, you know, this amazing entrepreneur and business owner, you know, when you face adversity, you know, have you had moments where you're just like, oh my gosh, like I, maybe I can't do this or I'm, you know, I think sometimes a lot of people have those moments where they feel like that's it. I give up. And then they kind of like let reality sink in or like, okay, I can do this. But you know, you still have these moments. If you, I mean, you're a tough cookie. So have you faced those kind of adversities or? Absolutely. Cause even a tough cookie, if you put them into, you know, a, a thing of milk, they'll wilt. Right. I mean, life is not easy, but I think it's meant to be. I think we make it harder than it has to be. And, you know, it's so, everyone says it now, but like, if you can't deal with me, go find less. I just, it's kind of like, I don't care anymore. I don't care. I know I got it. Like, I don't need you to see it because if you can't see it, that means you are a lost, upset, crying child inside. And this, the mean things you say to me, they're not against me. I'm nothing to you because you don't think of me at all. You only think about yourself. We don't do things because what are other people going to think about? No one cares about us, Karina. <laughs> they care about themselves. They're looking at themselves. And we are not doing the things in our life because what other people are going to say. Who cares? As someone who works with trusted estates, which means talking about death and money and, and family, we're all going to die. It doesn't matter. You might as well live the best life you can because we're going to die. Who cares? Let's yeah. have some fun while we're here. <laughs> but still, like, I love this mindset. I actually, I developed this mindset once I started to really put myself out there, um, especially when I was having, you know, when you're on social media, you have sometimes millions of people viewing your content and you know you're gonna get the good you're gonna get the bad you're gonna get the ugly you're gonna get the weird all of it 
And initially I wanted to be like, I can't do this. Like I'm, I'm actually like, I'm more of an introvert than an extrovert. And I much more private, but yet I yearn to help people. So it's this weird conflicting like personality that I have, but I don't know, like share with us, like how you developed that mindset to just not give up two F's, you know what I mean? Not one F, not two, not three, right? You know, look, it's hard and the things still hurt. We are human and we want more than anything as a human being to connect and be accepted with another human being, which is why we mirror people, right? Like if you're in a room and we, we don't want to necessarily be this, the odd man out or the sore thumb or whatever, but you know what, Karina? I did some of that and appeasing and trying to like make myself small so other people don't feel bad. And and you know who feels bad? Me. And like, yeah, I want to make other people happy, but I'm a person too. And I'm the most important person to me because if I'm not happy, as Oprah said, may your cup runneth over because only from a full cup can you give. And like, what do we need moms who are depressed because they had to give up their dreams, right? Because then their kids see that. Like, what do we need? All these things that we currently have is kind of like a standard. We need happy people who can say, let me show you, baby. I did it. You could do it too. Yeah. So have you had people in your life that have like inspired you to get to this point or influenced you? Has been someone that, you know, has been maybe like a North star, you know, like I want to have these goals like them. You know, I take pieces of people. For example, I'm a big fan of Sarah Blakely, the girl like <laughs> built a freaking business that every woman benefits from today. <laughs> and she's a rock star and she did it by like hustling her way, stand, you know, standing in heels and, and selling her spanks until they became a dominant brand. I look up to Oprah who came from, you know, such humble beginnings and is Oprah. I mean, like you don't even need a last name. That's what you know you've made it. Right. <laughs> and I just, I see that to me what they have done shows that it is possible because if someone else can do it you can do it too Mm -hmm. and I really don't look at anybody as competition I am not in a race with anyone else um you know as all of us Karina we are our own harshest critics and I think we need to shut that critic up and I think we need to look at our mirror and say I love you girl Look at how far you have come, even if no one else is saying that to us. Because to look for it externally, which by the way, I've done. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Tell me how pretty I am. Tell me how great I am. Tell me how smart I am, please. But you can't fill yourself up from other people because then they own you. They control you if they know that you need that from them. We have to be our own sources of fuel. So it's like, how can we build a world where you can come, fuel up, and we'll give you the map so you know where you're going? Because I, I really do think, you know, all this, like, people don't know what to do next. The what now is a very hard question because it's 
a re-identifying of yourself and what you know yourself to be. Like, I'm so amazed by you that you went from single stay-at-home mom to rock star entrepreneur because you had to dig so deep within yourself to, like, take that huge leap, which is amazing. And it's like, we need to share these stories because there's a lot of other people dealing with what we deal with. And they're scared. And there's mm-hmm. there, there's not an honest... I mean, like, you know, if you watch regular TV, the reason TV is no longer working is because it's not real and people know it. It's like, just fake all around. Everything is fake. Mm-hmm. And like... You know, I yep. want to know like how you did it. I want to know what did you do because then it gives us a path to another woman. Mm-hmm. Not like no, it's really is true. Great. Everything is not yeah. great. Look at the state of the world. It's not great. We have a lot of work to do. It's true because you know, we we go back to that whole where you have done everything, and I love that you're you are so willing to share your like why was I in such a, a rush and why did I have to achieve all of this like stuff? Because ultimately you're like now, you know, the, the real things that make you passionate, the real things that really fulfill you, you know, you're having this major epiphany happening in your life. Um, and it's good because I think we, you know, people, individuals, men and women will feel shame that they didn't accomplish something at a certain time period because then that doesn't make them great right and 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 really that's like not here nor there right you can say yeah i did this when i was 23 but here you are you know in your 30s and you're like whatever right because we it's like the past is the past and we need to do the things that fulfill us today so people who are you know doing or maybe taking the same trajectory that you have with the same ambition, you're like, Hey, just, just so you know, in 10 years from now, you're going to look back and say, damn, I wish I would, I could, I wish I would have like enjoyed life a bit more, like slow down. And then, you know, for people like myself who were like, man, I I feel so behind, you know, know that it's going to be okay. You're going to catch up. You're going to get to your journey when you need to and how you're supposed to it's just a matter of putting one foot in front of the other and that really like we're the we're we're the same right like we may have been on two opposite side of the spectrums but the reality is like how we feel is the same and so how do we find that common ground of being like i'm just happy where i am and that's the beautiful part about it is that you know it's just the ultimate being like i just want to be genuinely happy and to be able to provide for my family or, you know, hit those check marks of successes um, that you are as an individual and how you achieve that, you know, it does have some sacrifice, but you as a family, a family unit, or you knowing like, I'm going to make these sacrifices so that I can have X, Y, and Z. Karina, I love what you just hit on because all these people, like I see a lot of, for example, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. We all, you know, love him. And he is like, I failed at school. I was a terrible student. So I didn't care. I was just going to go for it. And that's spoken about. It's so funny. You see, you know, these things about failure and these things about spoken about. But you don't really see someone being like, I've done all the successful things. And 
I still don't feel that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's almost like a taboo because like, oh my God, how could I say that? And that I think is like what our community needs to hear because there are a lot of people out there who have quote unquote reached the pinnacle of quote unquote success, but they feel empty. Mm-hmm. So it's like, let's have that real conversation of it doesn't effing matter. Mm-hmm what your title is. Yeah. Who are you? Are you love? Are you living in joy? Are you happy? I mean, these are the things. And I think we, we like basically we, we drug ourselves with this um, dopamine of like quick success or like quick, you know, accolades or, but really that wears off. Yeah. I actually saw this, uh, is a gal on um, on TikTok. I don't know if she came down my. I don't really use it very often, but sometimes I'll check it out. You know, what's trending? But she actually she um, she shared her story. It sounded very much like yours. Like I knew to work hard and to achieve all of these successes. And she's like, when I sat down to think about like what defines me as a person, individual, she's like, I'm a graduate from, you know, these Ivy league schools and that she's done all this stuff. And now she's this investor and all these really great things. And she stopped and she's like, I just told you all the things I've done, but they don't define who I am. What defines who I am is being somebody of integrity, being somebody who cares, is compassionate, somebody who is loving. Being a mother defines you as well, right? Like those are the things, but, um, or the type of mother you are, I think really defines you more than like the mother title itself. It's really like, what are you doing as a mother to be the best mother you can be? Those are the things that define you. But I found it to be so fascinating that, you know, she has at a very young age and is very financially successful and has achieved so much and is yet struggling internally, right? And is so unhappy and has had this huge epiphany. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm like, wow, this is, this is realization. And here you are this very successful, um, lawyer with her own firm. And you're like, I want to use my voice and use these opportunities and my platform to share, you know, have a balance of happiness and don't feel overwhelmed by what society is telling us are the things that define who we are and our happiness. Um, that is, I've actually thought about how I felt about, you know, how I was defining who I was for a while, because like I said, I swung from one side to the next. And I love that you're bringing this up because this this is actually like conversation that I've had with myself in this reality of, you know, my own happiness and how I want, you know, other people to know that it's like, when I talk about being unstoppable, it is not the fact that you are now celebrity, you are an entrepreneur, that you're a business owner, that you are making millions of dollars. Being unstoppable is someone that doesn't let their fears define who they are, doesn't let their circumstances define who they are, or their situations, or even if they're experiencing lack or are in the midst of hard times, 
the people who do not allow those things to define who they are and continue to try to make the best of their life and achieve the smallest and most simplistic goals are unstoppable people, right? And that is your everyday person. And that's what really like this whole, you know, the podcast and what I'm trying to share is that it's literally meant for everyone at any age, even if you're like, I want to, I want to be this unstoppable person at 60 years old or 70 or 80. Like it doesn't matter because maybe you haven't really put yourself in a place of fear or achieved the things that you've wanted to do because you always made excuses and you're like, I'm done with that. Well, guess what? Now you are this unstoppable person because fear and circumstances and lack do not define you at all. And by the way, a 60, 70 or 80 year old person who has worked their whole life and still wants to do something great. I want them. I want them to build part of this, you know, new age firm that Gold Legal is morphing into. It, you know, their wisdom, their expertise, their work ethic. They got it. 60 is not old. 60 is quite young today. Mm -hmm. And you still have so much life to live. Like the word retire does not exist in the Bible which is an interesting fact. Like if we love what we do, it's not work. Let's like actually build something great that we can be proud of. And that can help a lot of people. So if anyone is interested who's listening, I don't care your gender, your race, your age, whatever. Let's build something great that can help actually bring justice to the world. You have written books, you've been on television, you've been in prestigious publications. What are you doing now? Like, I know that you still have your firm, but you seem to, you know, to be on this new, this not new path, but this path of enlightenment and wanting to, you know, help other people. I want to share more through books. I want to... You know, when, when I'm on these shows and I'm on, you know, all the shows you mentioned in the beginning, I feel alive because I think that the message can reach so many, which thank God, as we've learned, so can social media and maybe even more today's on social media than are watching TV. Mm-hmm. But it's really about like, for me, it's about love. And to me, love is lifting and uplifting others to live vivacious, victorious, and extraordinary lives. And how do we have real conversations that let people know, like, I am you. I feel you. I see you. I go through the same things you go through. And yet, I can choose something better for myself. And so can you. And how do we have this conversation in mass? Because... This is what the world we need right now. People are, I mean, you know, blue, red, I hate you, I hate you, families separated. It is all part of the game to keep us busy and not looking at what's really happening. And what's really happening is we have chosen to work on the hamster wheel instead of working on ourselves. We have chosen to love others instead of loving ourselves. And as a result, all these families are getting divided 
everything is happening in the world. I mean, what's happening in the world is just what's happening within us, exemplified. So I think we need a lot more love. I think we need a lot more joy. I think we need a lot more connection. We need a lot more heart-to-heart conversation. So, you know, the next 10 years, God willing, will be on more stages, on more shows, maybe a show of my own, uh, God willing, that people can come to as a safe place for them to feel seen, heard, and inspired, and for them to change their lives for the better as this law firm continues to grow because now it's not about me anymore. Like I've proven to myself that I can build a successful law firm that I could do. Cool. How do I now bring this model and let other people know that they can do it too with a proven mm-hmm. model that works? Absolutely. And that, that really would, you know, benefit society in a, in a way to be able to shape, you know, something that some people may feel like so blindly walking into. And when we have people with these successful businesses and want to share a proven, healthy and, you know, a sustainable business practice, you know, and being able to share that, it, it really helps eliminate all those steps, right? Because we've walked these paths already. And here you are sharing that. So I'm excited to see what the next bit what you have in store. You're such an ambitious, hungry human. And I know that you're going to do amazing and great things. Um, for our listeners, where can they find you? If they want to learn more about you, about your, uh, your business practice. So I'm all over LinkedIn, Natalie Alicia Goldberg. I am on TikTok, Lawyer Natalie. I do think for any of you trying to start a business, LinkedIn, TikTok, one-two punch. And uh, you can find me on my website, goldbergllp.com. Here's the deal. If you are a passionate person who believes in justice and believes in the future of the world for women and children, because that is our future, right? Like all the men who love women, we need to really take care of the women we love in order to be able to have a society, period. Let's do this. Let's do this together. Let's let's get these conversations happening. Let's come together and really like bring justice because it's not happening from the governments we currently have. We need to create it and for those for getting the wealth through whichever means, earning it, inheriting it, blah, blah, blah. Own it, baby. Figure out the money talks so that you can make the change you want to see. That's right. Everyone, let's talk healthy money conversations on how to, rather than, you know, these falsified publicized posts that we see online you know it is great it's money should be talked about but money should be talked about on how to and what are best practices so thank you so much natalie i am so grateful that you have joined us and shared your unstoppable story and how you are going to continue to be this unstoppable power um moving forward thank you again thank you karina you spot it you got it my unstoppable (laughs) sister (laughs) 